I am just so excited um, for what God is doing. And I don't know if some of us can feel it, but, but God is shifting some stuff going on in the spirit. And, and I can tell that by what's going on in the physical. You, you look at stuff that's going on in our natural world. It's just a sign that there's something that's shifting in the spirit. Stuff I can't, I can't see tangibly, but I know it's something going on in the spiritual realm. I understand God is, God is shifting some stuff and he's shifting it in our favor. He's shifting it, uh, in, in, in the, in the church's favor. Amen. And amen. And I, I believe that God is restoring the fire of God back to his people. He's restoring the passion of God back to his people. I'm talking about where we get excited uh, uh, just for, for being on the Lord's side. You understand? Just for being saved. Where we get excited that we're saved. Amen. And, and there's a passion that he's restoring back to us um, for the things of God. And, and, and I can tell we, we, uh, some people have gotten a little lax. Uh, got a little lackadaisical, if you don't mind, in the things of God. But but I'm looking at some of us around in this room, and God is restoring a passion in us for the things of God. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, I, I want to be set on fire so y'all understand. I, I want the fire of the Holy Ghost to burn all over me. Amen. Somebody shout, I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, now uh, you know, where, where I'm from... Uh, or, or down there in, in Mobile, Alabama, where I'm from, you know, uh, we we usually holler and scream and do all that good stuff because, you know, we, we just get excited about the Lord. Y'all don't mind if I act like I'm at home. Is that all right? All right. As long as I feel like I'm at home, I think I can do all right. Listen, get your Bibles. Go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. Uh, and I'll tell you where this came from. We were... In the service last night, and Pastor Brother Cricket said that God shifted something. He shifted something, and where he was in one mindset, God shifted his mindset to do something else and uh, to, to expect something else. He told y'all up here that the Lord told him that his expectations were too low. And uh, God said, I'm, he began to say, I ain't looking for God to bring the people back. I'm actually looking for God to do something new. And uh, I, I went home with that in my, in my spirit. And I said, Lord, what you want me to talk about today? So we're going to go to the book of Isaiah 43, all right? And we're going to see what the Lord got to say. I also want to commend this uh, beautiful praise team that was up here today. I know they say y'all was down to bad bones, but I couldn't tell it. Amen. Y'all, y'all, they were awesome. But where's the young girl that was playing the drums? I, I was just amazed. I, I can't even beat drums, but she was beating better than me. I was, oh man. All right. The book of Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. And I'm going to start at verse 15. And uh, when you got it, say, I got it. And it says, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like smoldering candlewick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. 
be that again, for I am about to do something new. Y'all slow on this side, so I'm going to say it over here. For I am about to do something new. Y'all slow there. I'm going to talk to this section. For God is about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and owls too for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I um, just want y'all to holler back at me and say new. Say it again. Say new. That's what God wants to talk to us about today. He's going to do something new. One of my favorite books in the Bible uh, is the book of Exodus. The reason this book is a very interesting book to me is because it shows me the great lengths that God will go to in order to deliver his people. It will show the great lengths that God will take in order to deliver and set some people free. People don't realize how uh, much Jesus had to pay to get you and I in this room today. I know you sitting here looking at me and I'm looking at you and we're all beautiful and fine and handsome and all of that good stuff. But we don't understand the price that was paid in order for us to be here. We, we don't understand the cost that it takes or that it took for me to look at you and you to look at me. But I want you to know that it took a whole lot. It took everything that heaven had in order for you and I to be in this room today. When I look at the book of Exodus, I see, I like to call it a bloody book because you'll understand that God took great lengths to deliver his people from out of the hands of the enemy. I don't know if I got a few of y'all in here that's been delivered from the hand of the enemy. I, I know it might, might not be everybody, but I know it's some of us that can attest that I've been delivered out of the hand of the enemy. You don't understand, but Christ had to go through great lengths. It, it, I, I can see in my mind how heaven had to come together at a board meeting and say, we got some trouble down there and I want to get my children i want to deliver them who can i send who can we who can what price do we have to give and and they said well maybe we can give up michael maybe we can give up abraham neither of these could do although abraham was a great man of faith although gabriel was a great angel none of them was enough to pay for what you and i were worth and so what he said was i'll send my only son who i have that's all that heaven has the point of heaven i'm gonna give up everything that heaven has to make sure that you have a right to the tree of life sent Jesus here shed his blood so that you and I could have a right to what we call eternal life ain't you glad for Jesus tonight I'm glad for Jesus today. He goes through great lengths in order to deliver you. Some of us don't realize, but things that the enemy wanted us to stay trapped in, stuff that the enemy wanted us to stay bound in, Christ saw that you were too valuable for that bondage. Christ saw that you was too valuable for that struggle, so that he brought you out of whatever you came out of. See, when you see me praising God, it ain't all the time because he blessed me with a house. It ain't all the time because he blessed me with a car. But when you see me praising in God is sometimes just because my mind go to thinking back where the Lord brought me from. 
glory to God. It said, my mind go back to looking at where the Lord t- delivered me from. And, and everybody don't understand your story. They, they look at your glory, but they don't understand your story. And what I can't stand, mother, is that how people can come in on the middle of a chapter and try to tell you how the story go in. But the devil is a liar. God is still writing in my story. Look at somebody and say, God is still writing. He's still writing. You can't come in on the middle of my chapter in the midst of God writing and tell me how my story going in. I know it looked like I may not be all that I'm supposed to be, but please don't look down on me. Please don't get here and look condemn me. God is still writing in my story. And when he gets finished, he's going to make something beautiful out of my story. Everything that he has allowed in my life is a part of my story. He allowed me to be born in the family that I was born in because it's a part of my family. It's a part of my story. He allowed me to be the height that I am. He he allowed me to be uh, uh, the, the color that I am because it's a part of my story. I don't despise anything uh, that God is doing in my life that he's allowed in my life. I know I used to be, I used to be, I know when I was growing up, I used to be, ooh, I was so and so was my mom and daddy. I wish so and so was my mom and daddy. And then the Holy Ghost, as I got older, began to tell me, you ought to thank God. You ought to thank me that I let you be in the family that you were in because it's a part of your story that's going to give me some glory. Everybody liked the glorious part, but nobody liked the story in order that you have to have the glory. You understand? Everybody wants the glory. Everybody wants the light. Everybody wants the praises, but nobody wants to have to go through in order to get to some of the stuff that I've had to get to. I wouldn't be as who I am. I wouldn't be as strong as I am if it wasn't some of the things that I've had to go through. Some of the stuff that you've gone through, things that made you cry, things that made you hurt, things that made you ball up in a fetal position and just lay there because you had no words to say, are all things that help you become who you are today. You look at yourself and you see yourself much stronger. You see yourself much wiser. You see yourself better than the way you was yesterday. It's no goodness of my own. It's just because of the goodness of the Lord. He writes in your story. He, he writes in your story. And in the book of Exodus, he begins to write a story about his people. And in the book of Isaiah, he calls them a chosen people. Look at somebody and say, I'm a chosen people. Well, you don't sound convinced and find somebody you can convince and say, I'm a chosen people. One thing that I've learned about chosen people is this. In order for me to even be chosen, that means I had to be, it had to be other options around me in order to be chosen. I I consider myself brother cricket to be somewhat of a cook I, I don't claim to be the best of them but I can I, I do say I cook a little bit and when I go cooking I go into the grocery store and I go and get me some bell pepper and I get me some onion I get me some things that I think I'm gonna need but when I go to select my bell pepper bell pepper I feel to see if it's gonna serve the purpose that I need it to serve if it don't I put it down and I select another one and I select another one or until I get the right one you don't understand what it means to be chosen what it means to be chosen is that God had other options before he got to you, but he chose you out of everybody. He chose you out your family. He chose you out your friends. He chose you out your running partners. He chose you, and the reason you still here is because you're chosen. You should have died in that car wreck. You should have died in the hospital. The doctors gave up on you, but the reason I'm still here is because I'm chosen. Look at somebody and holler at them and say, I'm chosen. Hallelujah. I'm chosen. 
The only reason I'm still here is because I'm chosen. I feel excited already. The, the only reason I'm still alive is because I'm chosen. I don't take it for granted, my brother, that I'm chosen. I, I don't take it for granted, my sister, that I'm chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. I'm glad to be of the few that's chosen. He says, you're my chosen people. And so what that is, what that does is all the people I could have, I would have, I should have, I chose you. This is why I don't take my life with God for granted. Because listen, the, at the end of the day, God don't have to have me, but I surely need God. Uh, God don't have to, oh, he don't have to, oh, he don't have to do nothing else for me, but I surely need God for everything that I am and everything that I do. I need God every single day of my life. You understand, I, I need him when I wake up, I need him when I lay down, I need him when I eat, I need him when I go to work, I need him every day, every minute, every hour of my life. I can't do it without him, I don't want to try to do it without him, I need God every single day. Many people try to live their life like they don't need God. I don't just need them when everything get in trouble. I need them even when it's good. I, I need them even when it's, when it's in my favor. I don't just need them when trouble hit my life. I need them when I ain't got trouble going on in my life. I need God every single day. And so what he says is, in the book of Isaiah, he said, I, I did some stuff that was unheard of. One of the things that I did was I made a dry path in the midst of some waters. You, you don't understand how significant that is because never again have we heard where waters split up like a wall so that you could have a dry path to walk on. <laughs> you, you don't understand the great lengths that it takes to make water walls, the molecular structure of the water to become so concrete like, wall, like a wall so that you can walk through your situation. And not only did he allow you to walk through your situation, but he even allowed the enemies to come after you in that same pathway. But the thing about being chosen and being the enemy is that I'm going to make it out, but the enemy is going to get drowned in it. Look at somebody. Lord have mercy. Did you hear what I said? I said the same thing you come through is some folks that done died in what you came out of. Some stuff that you done been through in your life, you done came out of it. But then there are others that don't make it out. The same enemies that were after the children of Israel became the same people that drowned in what they was able to walk through. I don't take it for granted that I made it out of some of the stuff that I endured in my life. Because some folks couldn't handle the stuff that you be. That's why you don't get jealous of other people. That's why you don't look at other people and wish you were them. Because you don't know what they had to go through to get to where they are right now. You understand? When, when you start getting jealous of other people and becoming envious of other people, you don't understand the struggle that they had to go through to get to where they are. You probably couldn't handle the stuff that they have had to go through. I don't know what us in this room have had to go through, but what I do know is if God allowed you to go through it, it's because he made you capable to handle it. So he says that I made a, I made a dry path in the place of where water was. But then I love the New Living Translation because what he says is, but forget all that. I'm getting ready to do something new. Look at somebody and say, I'm about to do something new. I want you to understand what this word new means. 
It means I've never seen it before. New means it's never been existing before. You, you remember that scripture where it says, behold, I'll make you new creatures. Old things have passed away and behold, I'll do, I, I'll make all things new. He does new stuff. For it to be new, I got to have something old to compare it to. In order for it to be new, I got to make sure, you don't mind if I use you, do you? Come on up here. In order for it to be new, it's got to be compared to something else. I'm not calling him old. I'm old. <laughs> but in order for something to be new, it's got to be compared to something old. Or else you wouldn't know that it was new. What God is getting ready to do in your life, and I prophetically decree this, you're going to look at the old stuff in your life in comparison to the new stuff that he's about to do in your life. And you're going to be able to say the Lord is doing a new thing here. I don't know what your praise level was before now. But when we leave out of here today and before summer revival is over, you're going to look at your praise and say, I had an old praise, but I got a new praise now. It's a little bit different than what it used to be. When you look at the way you used to think, and the way you used to behave, you're going to look at yourself now in a new way and say, it's, I, I know how I thought before, but now I'm thinking on a whole nother level. I, I'm not going to think so small now. I'm going to start thinking that God, he can do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think according to the power that is within me. God allows, he says, he, and he begins to rehearse old stuff. Like, I did this for the children of Israel when they were coming out of Egypt. That's old stuff. And the new translation says, but forget all that. You got to learn that old is just what it is. It's old. And you got to learn how to forget old stuff. Because sometimes old stuff likes to hunt you when God is trying to put you in a new place. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Old stuff likes to hunt you at the door of something new. You'll know you had something new when old stuff start creeping up on you. You'll know you're at the door of something new when old stuff starts slithering its way back into your life. Because when you're at the door of getting ready to go to somewhere new, old stuff start to show its old head. That's why <laughs> when you're into something new and about to make a move and a decision, all of a sudden old folks start coming back into your life, start texting you and Facebooking you and instant messaging you and, man, hey, how you doing? What's up? Because when you're at the door of something new, old always get an alert system letting you know, hey, something new about to hit their life. We need to try to interrupt that. We need to try to interject that. But look at somebody and say, old need to go somewhere. Go on somewhere, old stuff, because I'm ready for the new stuff that God's getting ready to do in my life. I'm ready for the new that's getting ready to take place. Somebody say, out with the old, in with the new. He says in the book of Philippians, forgetting those things that are behind me. Let me tell you something. Old is never in front of you. Old is always behind you. 
I'm going to say that again. Old is never in front of you. Old is always behind you. If I'm, if, if he says looking, forgetting those things which are behind me, and I'm going to do something, I'm going to press for the mark. I'm going to press toward the prize. Where is that? In front of me. Whether you know it or not, you're sitting right now in the middle between some old and some new. I'm, I'm, I, who said that? I'm talking to you then. You're sitting in the middle between some old and some new. Y'all ain't getting it over here. I'm trying to tell you where you're at. Because where you're at is you're sitting in between something old and something new. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I, I don't need everybody, but I sure need about five of y'all that can understand that where you are, you're right now in the middle between something old and something new. And what God's getting ready to do in my life, I don't want to have no association with nothing old. I want the old to be dead. I want the old to be buried. And give me something new. Give me a new anointing. Give me a new praise. Give me a new life. Give me a new mind. Something new. I'm the most I want, I want something new. And see, when you're in the middle between God doing something new and the old, you'll always find that's when some of the greatest heartache, that's when some of your greatest battles happen. Getting ready to birth yourself into something new. You getting ready to birth something new. I, I have never been pregnant, not one time in my life. However, my mom has been successfully pregnant six times by the same man. I really understood it at the last child, that when she was pregnant with that last child, which is my brother, right when it came to the point of her getting ready to deliver that child, all of a sudden stuff started becoming real uncomfortable. And things started becoming real upsetting because now all of a sudden she's at the cusp of birthing out something she never seen before. I don't know who I'm talking to in this room, but you're at the cusp of getting ready to birth out something that you have never seen before. And when she got there, those contractions begin to come and they are come and they have some minutes in between. And then. As you're looking at the as you're looking at the computer or that little monitor system, you can see. All right, here come another one. Here come another one, and then bam, you know that contraction hit. But the closer it got time for that boy to get out, the more those contractions begin to hit back to back to back. Why am I saying this? Because some of y'all are in situations where you're hitting back to back. If it ain't this, it's that. If it ain't my money, it's my body. If it ain't my body, it's my family. If it ain't my family, it's my marriage. And the Lord told me to tell you, it's because you're at the cusp of getting ready to birth something new. Hallelujah! The Bible says in the book of John that when that woman is getting ready to deliver that child. She is full of sorrow. She is full of sorrow. 
But the moment she gives birth to that baby, she forgets the sorrow because of the joy that she's got in her arms. Lord, have mercy. I want you to know that the same thing that made you cry is about to be the thing that make you laugh. The same thing that made you hurt is about to make you smile. The same thing that made you upset is about to make you happy. I need a few of y'all to get excited because God is about to turn it around. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy, look at somebody and say, joy coming, joy coming, joy coming. Y'all ain't talking to nobody. I said, tell them joy is coming. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, it comes in the morning. It comes in the morning. And I don't know who's in this room. I don't know who's been crying. I don't know who's been in a weeping season. But I hear the Lord telling me to tell you that you're about to be happy. You're about to have joy. He's turning your situation around late in the midnight hour. He's turning it around. He's, he's turning it around. Hallelujah. 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 Every tear you've cried, he'll take that tear and he'll begin to water your blessing with that same tear. I said he'll take the tears that, that you cry. He'll take those tears and he'll begin to water your promises and your blessings. You wonder why your blessings are going to be so big. It's because of the tears that you cry. The tears that made you hurt. The family members that turned their back on you. The folks that lied on you. The people that did you wrong are going to be the same tears that God are using to water your blessings. He's going to use it to water your blessing. Because the Lord don't want you with old stuff. He wants you in with new stuff. Did you hear what I said? He wants you in with new stuff. I know it don't feel good now. I know it don't seem well now. But God knows how. I, I said my God knows how. Sir, do you hear what I'm saying? He knows how. To take something bad and make it good. He's the only one that I know that knows how to take something bitter and make it sweet. He's the only one that I know that knows how to take some ashes and make something beautiful out of it. Only God knows how to do that. Only God. And so now, whatever it is. That has been oh, I hear I hear the Lord saying, I'm rewriting some stories in this room right now. Lift your hands all over this room. I am rewriting some stories. Meaning, your story have been going one way. But today, the Lord says, after today, I'm rewriting your story and I'm going to write something new. I don't care what the devil has said. I don't care what the enemy has said. I don't care what he has spoken. God says to tell you, I'm writing something new in your book. I'm writing some new story about you. I don't care what he said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because when you write something new, it's got to be something that they ain't seen or heard before. That's why for, for some of you in this room, 
you are a mystery to people. You're a mystery even to your own family members. I, I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't know. But I know that you are a mystery to your family members. Because they remember you only one way. That's the thing about people that you have to understand. They don't forget. That's all right. People don't forget. But God loves. He loves it. Let them not forget. Because what they will not be able to do, they won't be able to deny the new that I brought about in your life. They might remember the old you, but they're going to have to wrestle with the new you. Because the same person I thought I knew is not the same person who you are today. Lift those hands. He is rewriting. Rewriting some stories. Yes, thank you. I'm turning your life around. I'm changing stuff about you. You're not going to be the same. Behold, the King James Version. The word behold means to get you some binoculars and take a look. And if you know anything about binoculars, it causes what is afar off to become closer. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. I'm rewriting your story. I'm causing things to be made different.